You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Today on the ZabeCast, the great baritone voice of reason, and my former radio co-host, Albert I. Galdi of the Al Galdi Podcast. We talk NBA Finals, the Heat Draw Blood, the latest turn of WWE, and could it be good enough for us to warrant going back ringside, plus some nerdy baseball stats and a Galdi parenting Easter egg at the end of today's podcast that will blow your mind. Your 45-minute bonus edition of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Thank you for downloading and making time out for yours truly during your busy day. 
So before I get to El Galdi today, a couple things. One, there is still openings in my Bloody Horns golf tournament at the Bowl in Sheboygan, Wisconsin on Saturday, June tw- July 22nd. Saturday, July 22nd. Saturday, July 22nd. I'm going to say it so many times that it rolls off my tongue. It is the hardest, funnest, most sadistic two-man scramble. Yes, two-man scramble in the state of Wisconsin, maybe anywhere. Get tired of regular scrambles where it's four people and it's a five-and-a-half-hour slog fest and there's all kinds of goofy stuff. Hit it left-handed hole. Here, you bought six mulligans for charity. This is a competition. It's a two-man scramble because we march you all the way back to the back of the back tees where Jack Nicholas designed at this fabulous golf course, the Bull, some of the most spectacular, insane, hard holes you've ever seen. You're like, I don't even know if I can reach the fairway. And that's the fun of it. That's the point of it. All you got to do is go to bloodyhorns.com or check the top of my Twitter feed, bloodyhorns.com, bloodyhorns.com, or just go to my Twitter feed. You'll see how to get your entry in. There's two ways to do it and two ways only. You can cash at me the entry. Because it's simple and there's no big fees and administrative costs attached to it. Or you can send me a check. Yes. But the check is, the the money for your entry is fully refundable up until a week prior to the event. I ain't going to keep your money. I'm not going to scam you. It's a golf tournament. I did this because these platforms like Eventbrite and Eventcreate, they're, they're, they're wonderful for big events and people who do five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, a dozen events a year. But man, do they take their cut. Boy, do they get their pound of flesh. I know. Once again with me and the prices of things. Speaking of the prices of things, I mentioned yesterday the corn, four bucks for a dollar. I pay more for an eight-ounce bottle of Diet Coke at the store. I've got one right here, an empty one. There, can you hear that? There you go. There you go. Here you go. There's a classic sound right here. There is something to me about the sexiness and the curvature of a Coca-Cola bottle and the thick actual glass that it comes in with the pop top, you know, enclosure. It's only eight ounces, but it's just enough. It's the right amount of Diet Coke. I also have become a big fan of the eight ounce cans, which are a lot cheaper per unit. And I know I should not be drinking Diet Coke at all, but let's be real. I don't think I'm ever going to be rid of Diet Coke in my life. So if I can just minimize it, the better. I mean, these things, six pack goes for $7.99. And it was on discount for $1.50 per six-pack. It's still over a dollar per bottle. But you get a cold one of these that's been in the fridge and that thick glass is super cold and you're holding it in your hands. It feels so good. <sighs> Tastes delicious. Okay, I digress. Don't say I don't pay for anything. Certain things I say, opulence, I has it. Tech upgrade news. Upgrade fever. Catch it, then return it. I ordered a whoop bracelet the other day because I was like, I got to get myself in shape. Let's get you know things going the right direction. I hear that whoop is great to track your sleep, recovery, blah, 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 blah. Got the whoop, tried the whoop, tried the whoop, tr- got the whoop, 
tried the whoop and have now since returned the whoop. All in one fell swoop. (laughs) I see what you did there. That's good. Bottom line was simply this. It was too complicated. All these things, start an activity. We got to wait 14 days to track you. Here's the little charging dongle. It'll last three days, but don't lose this thing because it's got to go on top of the whoop and then it's got to charge. Ay, 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 ay. And it's not even a watch either. Didn't feel bad on my wrist, but since I'm still committed to having an Apple watch, more on that in a second, I was like, I'm going to have two things, one on each wrist all the time. That's too much stuff. I thought they were going to really make it hard to return the whoop. In fact, they didn't. It made it very easy. Didn't try to hide the return instructions on their website, which some companies do. Got an email right away going, okay, here you go. Print this label. It's already paid postage. Box it up, send it back. No harm, no foul. So kudos to you, whoop. But I also discovered, back to the Apple Watch, which I'm coming around to wearing more and more now and using more and more, I come discover it does sleep tracking. And I went to YouTube to see, well, how accurate is the sleep tracker per se? Counting for deep sleep, REM sleep, and how many times you're awake and everything else. And a guy on YouTube who said he was a scientist who with that German accent who I trust that the algorithm fed me when I typed in, is Apple Watch accurate for sleep tracking? Boom, search. That guy made a convincing case to me uh, comparing the Apple Watch to more sophisticated equipment that it was pretty good at tracking sleep. So I'm now in on that. I got it set up to track sleep. It is way more involved and complicated than it should be. But if you watch YouTube, you'll find some videos there. And then... We'll see what happens. I don't know what you can do to change or control your amount of deep sleep or core sleep or REM movement, whatever. But I'll try. See what I can do. I'd say more sleep is all you need. If you try to get more sleep and if you go to bed without drinking alcohol or diet sodas or caffeine prior to going to bed, you're going to do pretty good. The better your lifestyle, the better you do. But I am liking the Apple Watch sleep tracking at least the one night that I've used it. Last thing on the tech upgrade, then we'll take a break, get to Al Galdi. I'm not going to cut the cable after all. DirecTV, congratulations, you're still on the team. But I'm going to limit your minutes considerably. My wife had a good point. The TV in the kitchen, which was set up with Amazon's Fire Stick was very glitchy. Throwing errors, circle of death, didn't work easily. I tried to troubleshoot it a few times. Even I was like, I don't know what's going on. Unplugged it, put it back, you know, plugged it back in. Pain in the ass. My wife's point, and she had a point, was that, look, I just want to hit one button and have the TV come on to the local news, Channel 4, where I left it yesterday when I was getting ready to leave the house. And she's not wrong. You want it to be one button works every time, all the time. Not two or three clicks and then wait and then it loads. And then you're like, okay, I have to go bloop, 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 
and live TV. One click, boom, every time. Now, maybe there's a way to set up these digital services, these streaming sticks, Amazon Fire Stick, Roku, and others, to do that, but we were not having that experience in the kitchen. So I'm going to keep two receivers, two receivers only, one for the living room where she does default to regular linear TV from time to time, and then one for the kitchen, and then we're going to call it a day. Hopefully, I can bring my direct TV bill down from the uh, mind-numbing 350 range, plus or minus, to something closer to 125. If I can't cut it in half, then I'm not even trying. But as far as the other streaming stuff, the Roku's I've bought, I bought two of them. I'm loving these things more and more all the time. I do not understand why they have a tag on them, the remote controls. Does anyone know the reason for that? It's a little uh, knitted, ta- knitted. It's a, it's a little fabric tag, like the tag on your shirt that's on a remote control. I don't get it. I don't think it's a hook either. You can't like use it to hang on anything. It just is weird. Anyway, it seems like the Roku people, whoever they are, have done a really good job of honing in on peak usability where they're, they've got just enough buttons on the remote, but not too many. They've got a couple buttons strategically and creatively placed on the side. I think that's for volume and mute. And I said, perfect, great place to put them. And it seems to work more consistently and hang less than Amazon's fire stick, but that's only in my limited testing I would love to hear some feedback from everyone out there as to whether or not they are Team Roku or Team Fire Stick or if there's any difference whatsoever. So there you go. You're up to speed now on all the stupid little things in my life. I gave you some of the me show. Time to talk sports. Al Galdi of the Al Galdi podcast is next. You are listening to the Zabecast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? 
At my bookie, there is no offseason. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Oh... My God! Oh, son of a bitch! Oh, God, this is pathetic. This is scary, JR. You're damn right it is. That's Al Galdi's music right now. Of the Al Galdi podcast, heard weekdays like this one, five days a week, available wherever your podcasts get delivered to your little square rectangle known as your phone, which nobody uses to call anymore. Up to episode what now, Galdi? 587? Yes, sir. Approaching 600, Dave. How you doing? I love it. I also love, by the way, how you number them. Dub, uh, AMA, or not AMA style, uh, MMA style. Like you do the pay-per-view yes. thing. What is the pay-per-view number up to for uh, MMA fights? So yeah, UFC, UFC numbers. Yeah, UFC numbers every pay per view, which I've always liked because you can easily reference kind of where they're at. So UFC uh, has UFC two eighty nine on June tenth. So we're getting close to UFC three hundred. I love it. So for uh, the best coverage of all DC sports and beyond, Al Galdi podcast A L G A L D I wherever you get your podcast. Good to connect with you, my friend. I got stuff I got to ask you. We're going to talk wrestling today because I always want to check in with you and like, what's the state of things? I really haven't watched a whole lot as of recent vintage. I've heard a lot of good things about the uh, breakaway uh, promotion out of Jacksonville with Shad Khan's kid. The yeah, AEW. AEW. Yeah. Uh, but you tell me that the uh, Vince McMahon uh, WWE product is better than ever because Vince isn't writing about it. We're going to talk about that in a second. Also, bad contracts. And we're going to get a little bit of baseball nerdy here because I love talking stats with you because you can explain stats in a way that is not nerdy, that is genuinely like, look, here's why this number matters. Here's why people who in baseball are following it. But let's start with the NBA Finals. Last night, the Heat draw blood. And I was rooting hard for the Nuggets, Galdi, only because I was rooting for my opinion, as always in this business. And my opinion <laughs> after game one was the Heat are cooked. The, the Nuggets are too good. So I, I felt like that uh, Spolstra and company stitched a clown suit on me. By the way, how good is Eric Spolstra? Yeah, and, you know, I saw this on Twitter, and, you know, it's always dangerous to take anything from Twitter, but if the Heat actually pull this off, are we not into the arena of where does Eric Spolstra rank all time 
among NBA head coaches. Like he's ha- <laughs> he's had a run now as heat coach that has gone on for decades. He's won multiple championships. This is one of the most improbable runs any NBA team has ever had in terms of, you know, the Heat as an eighth seed and the Heat playing so much of the postseason without a key guy in Tyler Hero due to injury. This is pretty freaking impressive what this guy is doing. So, yeah, he's good. There's that, and there's also the fact that he is getting – he's squeezing stuff out of oranges that should not have any juice. Duncan Robinson, who was huge last night, has been borderline unplayable. Uh, the last six months, and he got big minutes. Hell, Kevin Love, right off his Just for Men photo shoot with his handsome gray hair in there, (laughs) launching up threes, and Spolstra went to a zone, which, as you know, Galdi, they didn't re-permit in the NBA until 2001 as a tactic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I remember when Spolstra got elevated to Heat head coach, there was kind of this thing of like, oh, he's Pat Riley's lackey, and does he really deserve this job? And, you know, look, he was kind of Riley's lackey, but he has come through that Heat system. You know, there's that phrase, Heat culture, that's getting used a lot here. But, you know, as as kind of tacky as that can sound, there is validity to it, and uh, this guy's good. And, you know, the other thing, too, about Spolstra, He's only uh, 52. He's only in his age 52 season. Age 52 season, yes. And I think he's 52 and he skews younger than that. Yes. So he could do this for another, I don't know, 10, 15 years conceivably. What yeah. He's doing here. No, he's he's really, really good. And I don't believe, I think I saw this from Twitter as well. Always dangerous to take things just randomly and not check them. But I don't think he's ever won a piece of hardware for anything as a coach. Like he's never won coach of the year. Oh, no, no. Uh, no, I mean he's a, he's a, he was um, in yeah, terms he of awards. Two, he's won hardware for championships for sure. Yeah, right. Now, didn't he get the job right when the Heatles began? Was he not their first coach, he or was he already the there? Uh, it, he got the job in two thousand eight. So this was before the Heatles. Okay, Heatles were what year? Heatles. That was well. The decision was the summer of twenty ten. So okay, so two uh, years. He'd been there two years. Season. Do you remember yeah. when LeBron James shoulder bumped him coming off the court? Oh yeah, first year, like twenty games oh, yeah. in, and they were like <laughs> nine and eleven, and it was going rough, and he was trying to play tough guy. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this poor boy wonder has his shit cut out for him. But look at him now. So one one. Uh, the other thing from last night, I got to play this soundbite. You, did you see where uh, Ramona Shelburne? of ESPN yes. got shut down yeah. by Spo asking a question about turning Jokic into a scorer. And I'm sure there's going to be a few people out there who want to make a big deal of implying that because she's a woman that she was quote, uh, what is the phrase he used? Uh, casual. Here, let's hear the Spolster quote. Then we'll comment. Final question on the left. Hey coach, Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say... <laughs> Oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Uh, and we he has our full respect. There you go. 
uh, the the uninformed. Yeah, a bit of uh, a bit of mansplaining going on there. I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think that men have taken worse from other coaches through yeah. the years? And shouldn't there be a hey, you know? And Ramona does, I think, a very good job. I think she's credible. And she even sort of prefaced it with, I know this might be oversimplifying. Yeah. So I think a lot of what we just heard is what you get from NBA head coaches in these post-game pressers in series, which is almost like you're putting on an act. You could tell that he so didn't want to in any way minimize Jokic, talk down about Jokic, make it sound like they have Jokic figured out. Oh, right. And so so he like overcorrected you know, and, and so he went like as far in the opposite direction as he could. I, I don't know that he necessarily felt that that was a bad question. I think he maybe felt that he had to act like that was a bad question in order yeah. to come off a certain way. That'd be yeah. my guess. Yeah. Michael Malone ripped his team after the game. Yeah. Said, let's talk yeah. about effort. I mean, this is the NBA Finals. We're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. And that really is, to me, perplexing, disappointing. I like this guy, Malone, the more I hear from him. He made me swoon after the All-Star game when he said, point blank, that was the worst basketball game I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, people agreed if you saw the ratings for the All-Star game this year. Yeah. It's funny because there's such a difference. Well, I mean, it's it's a – like, could the All-Star game ever even come within a country mile of the tempo, intensity – and ferocity of an NBA Finals game? No. I mean, I think, though, what you could have is it'd be the best of the All-Star games. I mean, I think there are people who would say that the NBA All-Star game is the best of the All-Star games, which right. isn't saying much. You right. know, it's like saying you're the nicest guy in prison. But, you know. It, it, <laughs> oh, he's it, a sweetheart. <laughs> Rodney yeah. over in cell block D. Oh, sweet <laughs> as pie. <laughs> yeah. But. You know, I, it, it used to be, I mean, not that long ago, like the All-Star game was a huge deal and people got really amped for it and it was a real showcase of the league and things of that nature. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just kind of where we are with looking at these All-Star games, but it, it doesn't have the cachet it did uh, in yesteryear. And for the record, I don't have any delusion that an All-Star game would approach an NBA Finals game. I just said within shouting distance. Hell, I'd just take it looking like a real game again, which yeah. it once upon a time, you know, did. Like when... uh when Jamal Murray goes flying in last night on a breakaway with two Heat players in hot pursuit and decides, fuck it, Leroy Jenkins, I'm going in. I don't give a shit that my knee was blown out a year ago and I spent a year away building it back up. I'm fucking dunking this. I don't care what happens to me. Could have landed on his goddamn head, Galdi. That is the electrifying intensity of apex predator athletes at the highest level the nba playoffs as a product are awesome and you know there is a disparity unfortunately between the nba postseason and the regular season but the nba postseason is outstanding and uh you're sort of reminded of that every year as down as people get on the nba regular season and the load management you know teams not teams not really caring about seating even at this point the postseason always delivers, it feels like. And, you know, this year has been no exception. Yeah, and the league also has suffered because it used to be, I think, properly pegged as being both corrupt and predictable in the postseason. Now with this Heat team, with a bunch of spare part guys without their best shooter, having been down 
double digits in their second elimination game in the play-in game, 1-1 in the finals, it feels like there's more unpredictability, more volatility in this bracket than ever before, which I think is good. I think it is, too. I mean, you also had a seven seed in the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, not that the Lakers are your normal seven seed. But, sure. yeah, uh, there has been this extreme predictability. I mean, in the history of the NBA, only two non-three seeds have won NBA championships. Like, you think about that over the course of the history of the league. So uh, some more unpredictability would be good. Yeah. One last thing. How good is this brain Van Gundy Jackson trio. I would argue they might be the best modern sports booth, even though they're not in the booth or courtside, in television history. I love them so much. They have a way of weaving in larger narratives about the teams, the players, the league, without getting in the way of the actual game call itself. And they give each other shit without it becoming self indulgent. It's marvelous, I think. Yeah, they're awesome. They've been at it for a while, and so I think they've really grown on anyone who maybe didn't think that it was awesome. You know, I mean, I grew up, like a lot of people, late 80s, early 90s, and so, you know, listening to Marv Albert and Mike Bertello call the great Jordan teams, that's always kind of been special to me with the NBA. But these guys are great, and, you know, I know some people don't like Van Gundy. I think he's funny. I think he's he's really good. Great! Van Gundy is great. He's the guy that just says it. And you may disagree with him, but he will say it. Anyway, good stuff. All right, uh, topic number two, bad contracts. Mentioned this briefly with Andy yesterday, but the Strasburg contract is going to go down in D.C. is one of the worst ever, $245 million for eight starts over four years, and that could be it. You have a list of the worst contracts in D.C. sports history? Well, I mean, I just have a few I can reel off, and we've had a lot in D.C. sports history, like the Bullets slash Wizards alone. When you think about <laughs> Juwan Howard and Gilbert Arenas and John Wall and Jan Mahimi. But, you know, the, the Strasburg one, it, it, I guess it depends on how you define a bad contract. If you're just talking about money versus production, this is not just the worst contract in D.C. history. This may well be the worst contract in sports history because he basically has done El Zilcho since he signed deal it's terrible what's happened with him i mean severe nerve damage you know his life may be impacted moving forward like you need to do this but you know the the standard by which most bad contracts certainly in the dc area is judged is the hainsworth contract oh god but but to put this into perspective the redskins only ended up paying albert hainsworth about 39 million dollars over two seasons it was a it was a debacle of a deal but i think it kind of gets a little overstated I, i don't know if people realize that they, they only paid him the guaranteed portion of the deal and actually a little less than that because he no-showed the mandatory minicamp in 2010. So, like, Hainsworth, $39 million. Strasburg, $245 million. Like, it's yeah. not even a conversation in terms of the difference in money. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Hainsworth one was a bad signing, not so much a bad contract. Do you get that fine distinction yeah. there? Yeah, and, and Hainsworth was a bad guy. Strasburg isn't a bad guy. Bag so of like, shit. Yeah, Mem- yeah. Remember, remember the conditioning test? <laughs> yeah. See, you mentioned yeah. Hainsworth and conditioning test, and any Redskin fan who was alive at the time will then go, huh, oh yeah, that whole dumb debacle. For those that don't remember, Albert Hainsworth, uh, he gets signed by the Redskins prior to a coaching change because they were changing coaches every two years. He was signed under Zorn, right? 
Yeah, he signed in uh, February of '09. All so, right. Yeah. And then, and then in comes Shanahan to sort of right the ship. And the first thing Shanahan does is he tells Albert, "I'm moving you inside to nose tackle." And that did not play well with old Albert because nose tackle, as you know, Galdi, is a thank- thankless, hard, sweaty job. Yep. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. You don't get a lot of stats. You're taking on double teams all the time. But Hainsworth would have pr- been probably pretty well suited for it if he put his mind to it. He did not put his mind to it. He's like, fuck that noise. I already got paid. I ain't doing that shit. So he shows up to camp and there's this big standoff. I think it wasn't Shanahan trying to get him to quit or something like that. And so he made him pass this conditioning test, which involved a certain number of gassers, hundred yards back and forth. I guess the whole team passed him or not. It was the first I'd ever heard of any conditioning test. You literally had to pass and he would keep holding Hainsworth out of practice. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and took, we'd report multiple we'd, days. Yeah. I'd be like, well, is he ready to practice? Uh, no, hadn't passed the test yet. Complete yep. debacle, right? It, it was a total mess. You know, what's so funny about the nose tackle thing is, so Shanahan took him from a 4-3 base defense to a 3-4, but as we have come to know, everyone is in nickel now, like two-thirds of the time anyway. So the amount of snaps that Albert would have actually had to play nose tackle would Very have been small. pretty minimal. Like, you know, they're, they're rushing four more often than not. He would have been playing defensive tackle more often than not but it became this huge thing and yeah Albert Hainsworth basically had one good game for the Redskins and it was the game it was a game against Chicago after his brother had died and he came out and he played like a madman and it was infuriating because you said to yourself this is who you could be like why can't you be like this every game and of course he wasn't and they ended up uh, trading him for pennies on the dollar yeah. after the uh, 2011 uh, labor. Well, dollar. if I recall, he had like two weeks off after his brother died. Yeah, his yeah died. I, think, I think you're right about that. It yeah. was like, are you coming back this week? No, still too sad. The fuck, man? We're paying you all this money. But he was a bag of shit. Now, as far as the Strauss contract, you're right. In terms of total dollars, mountain of money, in terms of dollars per production, it's easily the worst in, in the city's sports history. However, I look at it and I go, that sucks, but I'm not mad about it because of what he did. Like, I don't get mad about contracts that at least have a justifiable angle to them. What infuriated me was contracts that made no sense for all the wrong reasons, like when they traded for Niner wide receiver Brandon Lloyd. Yeah. He had one year <laughs> left on his deal, so a perfect spot to go, look, prove it to us, and then we'll pay you. They just rip up his deal and give him like a top of the market $10 million a year wide receiver contract. And when we asked Joe Gibbs about this, me and Andy, when Gibbs would still talk to us on the radio and he had a weekly appearance, he said, well, we we just felt like that was the right thing to do. And we were going to do that anyway, because we had acquired him. And all I could think about Galdi was you are playing this game wrong. Yeah, 100%. They did that with Clinton Portis, too. They traded for him, gave him a new contract when they didn't have to do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the killer with Strasburg is World Series MVP. He opts out. And, of course, knowing everything you know now, you just should have let him walk, which, of course, would have been a PR uh, but he but, but he opted out. He did opt out. So that could have given is, you the cover to go, hey, you know, yeah. he, he feels like he wants to – tried test the water so we're gonna let him go out and date some other women yeah and the other thing too is 
the amount of red flags with Strasburg in terms of he was already in his 30s, substantial injury history. To give a guy who fits that profile seven years, $245 million, you're almost asking for problems. Now, I think the team thought he probably won't last for seven years, but he can at least still be good for three, four, maybe even five more years. This ended up being the absolute worst case scenario. Like, it would have been hard to have scripted this thing to go any worse. He literally has given them nothing since this contract got signed. He's been hurt every season. His starts that he has made have not gone well. Sure. So, you know, I, I, and I can be sympathetic to the team in that regard. Like, this really did play out in the worst possible way. But you look back on it, and there's no doubt you should have let him walk. And it's another one of these mega money contracts in baseball that doesn't work out. For every one that does, there are like five or six or seven that don't. And we're like constantly taught this lesson, but uh, we keep needing to be taught that lesson, I guess. Uh, Is anyone else here on the podcast impressed at Al's ability to recall dates and times and narratives and stats and numbers? I'm not because I've seen it for years, but let's see how sharp Goldie is on this one. It's a little bit before your time because you're a touch younger than me, but I know you remember the name of John Konkak, right? Out of Iowa. John Konkak got a deal with the Atlanta Hawks that was at the time and for some years after considered to be the worst contract in sports history. They dubbed him John Contract (laughs) as sort of a zinger. Uh, This was back in 1989. You were how old at the time? Uh, I would have been nine. Oh, fuck. All right. Can you guess what his deal was? John oh, Concat. Oh, I, what was it like? Three million dollars a year or something ridiculous like that? Not even. Six years, thirteen million dollars. <laughs> that got everybody in the sports world all up in a tizzy. Now, granted, he was a reserve and he averaged like four points, five rebounds a game. But yeah, that was a completely out of the blue contract. But somebody liked him with the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what's amazing from a DC perspective, Strasburg's contract may not even reign as the worst contract in DC sports history for long. He got seven for 245. Bradley Beal got five for 251. And already that looks like a debacle. So, you know, we'll see what happens with it. Maybe Beal ends up being good with it. But, you know, Beal already has surpassed the Strasburg contract and is uh, not off to a very good yeah. start. Speaking of bad contracts, quick anecdote. Remember when the uh, station in DC had. A brief interlude, I call it the Robert California era of the station, when that one GM who's the brother of a very famous sports media personality whose name I won't mention here, came in from out of town within the company, right, to run things for a short period of time. And nice guy, but not very sharp. Remember that period? The Robert California period of the station? I'll never forget it. My agent. Uh, who never comes and visits me in person, which I don't mind. That's fine. He lives in Chicago. He does a great job. He says, I'm flying in next week. And he said, I'm going to pitch Robert California, let's call him, for a new deal for you. And he told me the number, and Galdi, my eyes were like saucers. I come thinking, what? (laughs) And he knew. My agent knew he was just dumb enough. He was in from out-of-town corporate-wise, and he had a shot to take a swing at it, so he was going to do it on my behalf because that's all it takes in life and in sports is for one person with the company checkbook to write a really dumb fucking contract. 
Well, and one of the other contracts the guy gave out was a lifetime contract to somebody else. So was, was that, that was that him, Robert California, that did that lifetime deal? I thought it was, wasn't it? It might have been, yeah. But who knows how much the lifetime deal was? That was for John Thompson at the station. Uh, yeah. Anyway, fast forwarding, uh, narrator Zabe, in fact, did not get the contract <laughs> he was looking for. <laughs> okay, uh, topic number three: Vince McMahon, Lion in Winter. Have you seen, if you're a casual wrestling fan like I am, Vince McMahon now with a tiny pencil-thin mustache, almost like a bad guy from the 20s? A, what's with the look? B, you tell me he's out of the creative process, so the overall storyline writing in WWE is better than it's been in a long time. Yes. Now, I will attach a caveat to that. He still is a major corporate force in the company, and there are a lot of people who think he's weighing in on creative here and there and that he's not going to be able to help himself and eventually will get back involved in creative. But the bottom line is this. He has been the number one problem with the WWE product from an on-screen standpoint for decades now. And him being removed from it has changed everything. And If you got out of watching WWE because it became not good, and it really was not good for years, if you're thinking about, okay, when should I get back in, now actually is a really good time. There is a lot of good stuff that the uh, organization is doing. It's being run by Triple H, who I know you remember, who knows what he's doing, is younger, is much more in touch with the fan of today. You know, Vince is 77, and he's, he's really lost his creative touch. And so the product is really good. Um, they're, they're doing these like long-term stories. You know, it's almost like Breaking Bad type stuff. Like it's good. It's smart. It's uh, appealing to people over the age of seven. And uh, it's just it's been welcome to see. Like I've been waiting for this for a long time. You have to go back to the glory days of like 1998 through 2001 for the last time the product was as good as it is right now from a creative standpoint. And that 100 percent has to do with Vince being out. But yeah, so Vince. You know, there was this massive uh, sexual harassment scandal that had him uh, removed from running the day-to-day operations. He, he he went away. He came back. The company got sold. And when he did, was doing interviews off the sale of the company, he showed up with this creepy-ass mustache that, like, <laughs> that, that, like nobody asked for. It's it, <laughs> It, it's almost like he lost a bet and was forced to grow this mustache. He looks ridiculous with it. Um, and so it's hysterical to see. I mean, he like like you said, he looks like a villain from, you know, about 100 years ago. It's incredible. So um, you are a huge Breaking Bad fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Huge, medium. No, I'd say, I mean, I think it's the best show ever. So, yeah. Huge. Okay, yeah. So you're with me on this. I'm glad I hooked into you. I had too many of my colleagues it seems like either they haven't seen it at all or they've seen it and they're like yeah it was okay or good let me get nerdy with you about breaking bad and you mentioned how vince now out of the way they're letting these storylines develop you know some long line stuff which is which is crucial you can't microwave a storyline and have it hit in wrestling like oh they're friends now they're gonna tag team oh wait he turned on him that all happened in three weeks time no can't do it that way. That's not the way that uh, the old things had been built. What I loved about Breaking Bad was you had to accept as the premise of the show, how could a respectable suburban chemistry teacher actually break bad and become a meth kingpin, right? 
Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't just that he was dying of cancer, which he later turned out he didn't. Spoiler alert. Do I have to issue spoiler alerts for a show that's been now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, it wasn't just that he uh, needed to make money as quick as he could because he was dying of cancer to take care of his family. That alone wasn't enough. To make a guy respectable civilian break bad, he had to suffer enough indignities to his intelligence and station in life to finally say, fuck all this. And I'll never forget little parts of that show. Like when the Pakistani car wash owner, where he's just trying to get a few extra hours to add to the family's kitty is talking down to him and treating him like shit. And he's thinking to himself, the fuck am I doing at a car wash being bossed around by this immigrant that goes into the whole breaking bad. Those elements are necessary. So I guess in wrestling, you need that to develop these these things. One of the greatest stories lines of all time had to be the rock, right? With, uh, well, cactus Jack dude, love. And then finally he was, who was the rock'em sock'em connection? Yeah. Mankind. Mankind. Thank you. That probably cooked over quite a while, right? Yeah, that was that was. I mean, and that was those guys at their peaks, no, no question. But yeah, that was a really good one. What they have right now is this thing. It, it's, uh, it's 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 being referred to as the bloodline angle, and it's it's this collection of guys, and they're actually related in real life, and it, it has to do with the interplay between all the guys. I mean, I, I won't bore everyone with what's happening. Well, give in us it, but it, who's in the bloodline. So uh, Roman Reigns, okay. who's who's their top guy, actually was a big time football player at Georgia Tech years ago. Uh, he's at, he's he's related to the Rock. They're all part of this big wow. family. But but uh, Roman Reigns and then his two cousins called the Usos. Uh, they have a brother who's part of this named Solo. Uh, there are these two Canadian guys who are involved in all of this: Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And it's just it's been really good. And and like it has to do with who's on whose side and like basic facial expressions play into who is about to do what. And just, there's a lot of stuff to this that's been really well done, really well layered. It has played out over the course of over a year, which is unthinkable for WWE over the last 20 years. Vince was notorious for changing things week to week. Here you have something that's been built up over the course of 12 plus months. And it's just, it's good. Like, again, it's appealing to people who are not seven years old anymore. Like it's, I think it's so much better this way. And WWE business has picked up because of this. Like, this is not just something that, like, nerds on the Internet like. Like, no, business in terms of house shows, business in terms of TV ratings are up. And uh, I, I don't think that's coincidence. When uh, do they call themselves the bloodline? Yeah. yeah. Do they have T-shirts? Oh, yeah. Do they have yeah. theme music? Yes. Okay. So, so it's a whole whole thing. Uh, yeah. Question. When are we going to our next event? Uh, you know, I, for years I told you, I said, until it gets good again, we're not going to go. Now it's good again. So I'll have to look at the schedule. Okay. So we've got like clearance. Okay. Yes. All right. Let, <laughs> yes. Let's get cracking on that. Of course, you know my favorite bits, and you're going to chuckle because they're such cheesy bits. Acolyte <laughs> Protection Agency. <laughs> yeah. Playing cards in the back. Having you're them right. knock the card table over. Uh, Dudley Boys throwing Lita through a table. Violence against yeah, women can't have that anymore. Yeah, can't can't do that anymore. Uh, Rikishi's mudslide where he shoves his well, the, ass. The Usos are Rikishi's sons. So oh, yeah, nice. Okay, and then right to censor. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So all things from twenty years ago. <laughs> A hodgepodge of some really stupid <laughs> shtick along the way. All right, some baseball talk. Uh, let's talk about stats. Uh, this comes up on my show and with my colleagues at the game all the time. Batting average, yeah. because you know the Brewers don't have many guys who are decent in batting average and I always disclaim it going well you know I'm still a batting average guy even though I know the smart baseball people say it's not worth very much is that still the feeling in baseball yeah I mean you can look at it I don't think like you're a criminal for looking at it but the problem with batting average is that a it doesn't take walks into account and b it counts a homer as much as an infield single and we know that those two things are very different so that's why you have what are called the slash line categories batting average on base percentage slugging percentage and i think if you look at all three i think you get a more complete picture of what a guy is as a hitter because on base percentage factors in walks and slugging percentage factors in hitting for power so you know you can have a low batting average but a high on base you can have you know a high on base but a low slugging that kind of a thing so i think it's important to look at all three how are we doing on war because there's b war there's f war there's different yeah. versions of wins above replacement yeah it is tedious there are a lot of versions of war baseball prospectus has its own war you know we now have war in football pro football focus has its own version of war so it is getting complicated I think the baseball reference version is the best, but uh, that one and the fan graphs are one of the, of the top two ones. But war is great because it takes into account everything a player does. You know, people in baseball, the old schoolers, they'll pay lip service to things like defense and, uh, you know, base running, things like that. War actually quantifies all of that. It takes everything you do and, like, cooks it up into one number. And so you can really look at someone and say, okay, this player as a hitter, as a base runner, as a fielder, what's his value? And I think that's the greatness of war is that you can really do compare and contrast between guys with everything they do, not just say hitting. It's everything stew when it comes to stats, which kind of makes me suspect thinking that a stew with every number in it could possibly be right or relevant. But the stat people who are smarter than me, they say it does, so there you go. What's the one stat that Galdi really hones in on? Well, I'm a big fan of OPS+, plus, which is OPS on base percentage plus lighting percentage, and it's adjusted for your league and your home ballpark. So in other words, a guy who played in the steroid era at Coors Field, you can compare his numbers with a guy who played uh, you know, at the polo grounds in the 1920s. Uh, okay. you know, like two very... And so it's, it's so that's very a, simple. So that's a historical thing in terms of just looking at the leagues right now and major leagues right now. OPS plus is still a good one to hone in on. Yeah, because 100 is average. Below 100 is bad. Above 100 is good. And so you can compare any player from any season, any team, and you can really do the compare and contrast of how does this guy compare with another guy. And it's simple. Like if a guy has an OPS plus of 150, which is really good, he's 50% better than the league average, which is 100. And so no matter the year, no matter the environment, you can you can always sort of go to that. So I like to look at that when you're trying to figure out if a guy's a good hitter. You know, no stat is gospel, but I think it's a good like one-stop shop to try to just figure out if a guy's uh, good or not. All right. Exit question. Did you like the movie Trouble with the Curve with Amy Adams, Justin Timberlake, and Clint Eastwood? Uh, I did not see that. Should I see that movie? I think you should because Amy Adams is smoking hot, loves baseball, okay. and gets naked skinny dipping with Justin Timberlake. So there's oh, that. Well, then I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a classic one of the grizzled old vet scout in Eastwood. Just, 
he can barely see. He's like, I can tell how it leaves the sound of the ball leaving the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm partial to Moneyball, as you would expect. Right? I know, I know. I think you'd like the movie. I think it's underrated, okay. but not everyone's okay. not everyone's to their taste. All right, what are you doing for fun this summer? Uh, so you'll like this. So my son is five, and he is super into landscaping. He's super into what? mowing lawns and and pulling weeds At and trimming. Five? Yes, he loves it, man. When when people come in the neighborhood to do this work, he runs to the window. He'll go outside and like shadow them and mimic them. And so, <laughs> yeah, that is so Pete Goldie sweat yeah. equity. Five yes. years old, he's gonna have a landscaping empire by the time he's fourteen. He told me that's what he wants to do when he's a grown up. Oh he God. wants to he wants to work in this industry. So when I go and mow the lawn and, and do what I do, and look, I'm not very good at it, but I do what I can. He's out there with me, so that's kind of our, our fun thing to do in the uh, summer months. Oh, that's awesome. You know what? Yeah. Tell, him, tell him to take some Spanish courses just as a backstop. Yeah. Oh, come on. Well, I'm just saying, look, a lot of Jeez. the hardest working landscapers are not English speaking, or at least they yeah. speak some English. Okay, very good, Galdi. As always, the Al Galdi podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Great, great to connect, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you All having right. me. Thank See you, buddy. That is, if I had known that was the case with Galdi's five-year-old son, I can assure you I would have led with that. And we would have spent a lot more time. That is awesome. Good for him. Awesome. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for me today. Thanks so much for listening and downloading. We know you have a choice in podcasts. We appreciate you slipping us into your daily schedule. As always, feedback and comments. Welcome at Zabe at Yahoo.com. Have yourself a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you next time. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag.